carried some burden over that because of, you know, we're in a time where God's saying victories, but we're also in the time where that it's like, okay, we're, are we going to make these victories? Um, the, at the end of the service today, <clears throat> we're going to have the elders uh, anoint with oil. And I, the scripture I'm using is, um, if there's anyone sick among you, let them have the elders come and pray the prayer of faith. And I felt like this morning, and we will do it as a group, and for those at home, uh, we're going to have people represent you, ones that I know aren't well, and um, we're going to pray the prayer of faith today for that healing. But I want to talk about where faith comes from. And um, it's just an incredible thing to me um, what God has done in, in my life and in all of our lives. But faith comes from an encounter with Jesus over and over, you hear people talking and saying, if there's anyone here that's not asked Jesus into their life, that's not accepted Jesus, we're just going to give you a, a chance to invite him in. And that is incredible in itself because he will come and visit you. Sometimes people haven't felt anything, but he came anyway, and then they begin to see things. But saying all that, in all of our lives, we have a walk with Jesus from the time that you accepted him. And maybe it took a few times of encounters before you finally said, okay, Jesus. But from the time that you accepted him, he gave you encounters. And these encounters were like what he did with the disciples. These encounters every single time enlarged who Jesus was in you. And the encounter made him real, um, really, really real. I, I had different encounters as a child. Um, one, he walked with me when I was four years old. I used to walk my brother to school. And, and um, <clears throat> I started having this voice come at me to attack me. And, and I would hear little voices, and there were probably demonic beings around me. And Jesus began to walk with me. And I never, ever, and for people to know, I've been all over the world. I didn't carry a fear from that point on. From At four years old, I knew Jesus walked with me. And I went through another time when I was um, just starting to be a teenager and saw that, you know, you always had the movies that are supposed to be funny, Mean Girls, and I've never liked Mean Girls. I've never thought that was a good thing. Girls are to be kind and loving and to look around and find who they can love more and, and honor more. They don't need to be the most beautiful. And, and, you know, all of that thing that has happened in our culture that has made Mean Girls a... a uh, part of the culture I hated. I hated from the time I was really young. And so um, I went into junior high, and in junior high, all of a sudden, there were cliques. I'd never had that. And in grade school, we were all one buddy. We all, I, I, we all loved one another. I didn't care if they were rich or poor. And I do not remember ever anything like that. So when I entered into it, when I entered... Um, seventh grade all of a sudden I'm I'm just in shock because girls that I'm hanging around uh, are talking about ones that I love 
other friends. They're, they're talking about them and putting them down, and they don't have as nice of clothes, and they, they don't this, and they don't that, and, you know, or whatever, and they're making fun of them. And I went to lunch with them two times when I started seventh grade because they were the friends kind of that I thought I was going to hang around with. And, and something inside of me went, oh, I can't do this. I, I, this is horrible to me. And so I remember going, I was in shock, actually. It, it, it actually was a very deep trauma to me. And, and I went back to class, and I thought, I can't do it anymore. I can't be friends with them. I can't, I can't do that. That's not, and I wasn't thinking that's not Christ-like. I just thought, I can't do it. I can't be that kind of person. And so from that point on, I started walking home and a mile to lunch and walking back and by myself. And Jesus walked with me. And I literally felt his presence walking with me. He walked me to school. He walked me home. And when I went through that long period of no friends, and it wasn't that I didn't have friends, but I didn't know who I was, you know. And Jesus began to give me identity. And he get, began to give me the identity of who he is. And he's the lover of all men. And he thinks we're all created beautifully. And he thinks we're all wonderful. And that's who Jesus is. So saying that, the more that you know Jesus and have encounters, the more you become like him and understand him. And so everyone needs encounters, but you never stop. I mean, this is the king of kings and lord of lords. This is the, this is the one who created the earth with the breath of his mouth. This is the word and the truth. This is the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. Do you really think that you'll ever have enough encounters to embrace all he is? And yet he promised to come and live in us. And as he is, so am I in this world. He promised to fully be love in me. He promised to fully be faith in me. He promised to fully be hope in me. Faith, hope, and love. He promised to be that in me. But here's a, here's a, uh, I, Tony forgot, would you forget your writings? I forgot my glasses. So this is faith. Okay. Uh, and Teresa's not here, so I can't wear her readers. So anyway, um, Peter and John had been, I am not, years are weird. Um, Peter and John went to the tomb, and they'd been with Jesus, but now they're disappointed he's been, he's been killed, and he's been in the tomb. And they need an encounter because it wasn't enough that they'd been with him. Anybody ever feel like where you're at now, sometimes it wasn't enough and you need another encounter? And so they needed an encounter. And so they go to the tomb and it's empty. But as they go inside the tomb, all the linen cloths are folded up, even the one that was on his head. In other words, Jesus had to unwrap it, fold it up, folded up as a sign for them. And it says that when they saw, they believed. And when they believed, this is where the faith came in, and when they believed, they remembered that he said he would have to rise from the dead. 
they had an encounter where God came in and they knew and they believed. On the road to the Emmaus, the same thing, these disciples, and Jesus is talking to them and he says, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets and everything they've spoken, everything the prophets have spoken, everything that's being spoken that's of the Lord. Oh, slow of hearts. Ought the Christ not to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then he sat down and he took communion with them. He broke bread, which was him. And their eyes were opened and they saw him and they believed. I'm telling you, we need an encounter of the Jesus who is in your heart. But he needs to break bread with you again. And you need to see him again so you can believe all he says he has done for us. All of the victories of the cross. So saying that, I'm going to read, um, this is what I'm going to say. Faith is Jesus. One time I said, oh, God, I want to love like you. I want to love like you. I want to have faith like you. Oh, my God, I want to have hope like you. And he said, you have me. I am faith. I am love. I am hope. So open up. And let me be all I am in you. Encounters do that. So I was talking, I was ready to share about this faith thing. And then Karen um, shared a testimony with me this morning. And this is not easy. Come on, Karen. But she needs to share this because this is a picture of faith. And I've, it's been so fun to watch her grow and to grow in her walk with the Lord. And um, yes, and her faith to even come up here and share today. So I want you to share this testimony. All right. Very much out of my comfort zone. So uh, my son was incarcerated a year and a half or so ago. And while he was incarcerated, he had, when he went in, he had skin cancer. So they took him to the doctor back then. And he was also told that he had stage four nose and throat cancer. By the time he got out, th they released him because they didn't want to deal with the cancer. So they released him. So when he goes to the radiologist, and Teresa had prayed with me for him. I had friends, and we all prayed. And the radiologist said, there is no nose and throat. It, he was healed, but that's not it. That's not all of it. God healed him. Now, God did heal him, yes. Well, then he had to return, so he's incarcerated again because he had to finish out what he was doing. But no, he went and had his skin cancer taken care of. He had radiation. He had a spot here and a spot here. They got rid of both, but this time while he's incarcerated, he, we talked twice a week, and he tells me that the one on the side of his face has started coming back. And he said, I feel it, Mom. Every day I feel it growing. I know it's there, and it's came back. And then something has happened, and we don't speak now, but we write letters. And I wrote him a letter, and I said, Brian, I am praying for your healing. Believe it, declare it, God will heal you. 
And a couple of weeks later, he sends me a letter saying, Mom, thank you for your prayers. I believe it. I declare it. Praise God. It is gone, all but one little red dot on the side of my face. Praise God. And Brian has accepted the Lord completely. Oh, yes. Yes. Is that not awesome? Lord, we thank you for Brian. We thank you for Karen's son. We thank you for healing him. Take the dot away. We don't even want a little dot left. But thank you that Brian knows you're real. And you have encountered him over and over again. And you're so amazing. God, I praise you. And I thank you. So this is the faith chapter, okay? But I changed it to Jesus. So when I am going to read the first portion of this, I want you to realize that what you have in you is this. Jesus brings our hope into reality. Is that good? Jesus becomes the foundation needed to require fruit. He's the foundation. It's what you were talking about. We need that character. Jesus becomes the foundation. Jesus is the evidence of what still is unseen. Jesus is the power to see. Jesus sees the power of the word of God. He has the faith to believe the word of God, and he's in you. Jesus causes us to offer ourselves as a sacrifice. Absolutely. You lay your life down because of him. Jesus, okay, where was I? Jesus makes us righteous completely. We're all righteous. We're all clean because of him. Jesus brings us unmerited favor. No one deserves their favor. It's a gift and it's free because Jesus gives us unmerited favor. And he makes us a pleasure to his father. Jesus makes me a pleasure to father. Jesus promotes us and gives God pleasure and fellowship. Jesus promotes us and gives God pleasure and fellowship. That was Enoch. Because some of these, I'm going to tell who the people were. Chapter or verse 6. Jesus pleases the Father. Then we know that he is real. We know because he, wait a minute, I'm sorry. Faith pleases God. Okay, so Jesus pleases God. We know he is real. Jesus helps us know God is real. That's the best way to say it. Jesus rewards us from God's heart. And Jesus gives us our passion for the Father. 
All of those you could put faith in, but they're all Jesus. Now I'm going to put faith. So because you have Jesus in your heart, you have all of the rest of this. Faith hears God's instructions for life. Faith hears. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Faith hears God's instructions, God's instructions for life. Faith then obeys the instructions, receiving God's gift of righteousness. Faith then obeys what he hears, receiving God's gift of righteousness. Faith strengthens and directs us to follow God's path and directions. Faith believes the promises, Abraham. Faith leads in unknown Place, leads us in unknown places and gives us offspring and inheritance, Abraham. Faith sees the kingdom of God, Abraham. Faith rests in the one faithful God, his faithfulness. Faith produces offspring out of nothing, Sarah. Sarah judged him faithful. Faith conquers tests of great loss, Believing in resurrection, Abraham. Is that not cool? Faith imparts blessings, Isaac. Faith imparts prophetic blessings, Jacob. Jacob prophesied what was going to happen to his sons. Faith sees the future and prophesies. Faith sees the future. I thought, Jesus sees the future. Faith sees the future, and it prophesies. That's why we need to listen to the prophets. Faith sees. Not what you see in reality. Faith sees the future and prophesies. Faith overcomes fear. Moses' parents. Faith enables us to choose God's will. Faith, faith, oh, that was Moses. Faith's great reward, the Passover lamb, Jesus. Is that not incredible? Faith's great reward was the Passover lamb of Christ, Jesus. Faith opens the way, the Red Sea. Faith pulls down walls, Jericho. Faith provides escape, Rahab. Faith empowers us to receive heaven here on earth. Faith empowers us to receive heaven here on earth. So everything I do must be done in faith. Let the encounter of Jesus grow. Let it begin. You want more love. You want more faith. You want more hope. It's an encounter with Jesus. He is all those things. In him, we have the fullness of God. Is that not awesome? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try to read this, and if not, I might call up a reader. David. This here? Yeah. Okay. Are any of the 
or any of the suffering hardships? Are any of you are any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. The Lord will make you well. And if you have committed, oh, if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Okay, that's it. That was it. Okay. The prayer of faith. You will be well. Let's believe it. So what I want to 